what customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Welcome to MarketScale Food and Beverage. I'm your host, Sean Heath. It's probably not a surprise that I like to eat, like most other people, and I have lately started to really actively pay attention to the experience of dining. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm starting to get an idea of what a pleasant dining experience entails above and beyond just nice cuisine. Well, my guest on the podcast today has infinitely more experience and knowledge about that, which makes her a perfect guest. And I, of course, am talking about Alice Wilson. Alice is the head of reservations and membership for the Inception Group. Alice, how are you today? Very well indeed. Thank you, Sean. The concept of a bespoke experience usually indicates somewhat of an extravagant lifestyle. How does one bring the concept of personalization to a grand scale how do you how do you approach that because that seems like an overwhelming task well you know historically if you were talking about sort of a high-end dining experience it would be your maitre d standing on the door that would be the person who would personalize an experience for you someone who had worked in a venue for 20 or 30 years who knew all the big spenders who knew all the regular customers um, but that is, you know, you're, as you say, it's not scalable and we can't operate like that, you know, in a, in a place like London where we have 12 different venues now. So it has to be about software for us, which is why we use, you know, uh, seven rooms. The, the level of personalization um, is, is always difficult. And there's always going to be an expectation that knowing someone's face as well as knowing someone's name is probably still uh, the best way to make someone feel special when they walk through the door. I mentioned that it has the appearance of being extravagant, but it doesn't actually have to be extravagant. It can be, I guess at some point it'll just become expected. Absolutely. You know, the most basic thing, the feedback that I get um, the most often, which is the smallest thing, it's people just love it. If you walk through the door and someone says your name, welcome back, Sean. Happy birthday, Sean. We're so happy to see you. That is it. That's it. That's the bare minimum that you can do to make someone feel special. And it's still, for a lot of venues, just people don't do it. You've got this golden opportunity to change the way someone feels when they walk through your door and you don't take it. It's a really big mistake. This seems like something that is actually pretty manageable. You just have to have the right mindset and be willing to embrace the technological advances that will enable such uh, interaction with your guests. Absolutely. And, you know, and the whole, uh, the whole purpose behind it is to make things easy. You know, you don't have to um, remember everybody. You don't have to have bits of paper written down in the back of house and, and panic about who's walking through your door. It is super, super simple. You just have to be 
prepared to use the information that you have uh, so accessibly to hand. Is there a measurable ROI for the restaurant side in bringing in this type of technology? Is there a measurable, is there something you can see that can prove, look, here's what we did before and here's how our customer satisfaction is now? Is that a measurable metric? Yeah, absolutely. You know, with, with, with the software that we use, you can you know, return visits, customer spends, average spends, visits across a group. Somebody's knowledge of one venue and their enjoyment of a certain type of experience, meaning that they're a very likely audience for something else that you're doing and being able to easily reach out to those people based on the information that you have on them, that you can absolutely see the return on that investment. And it's pretty immediate as well. And, you know, the new programs that we have that we're using through Seven Rooms, you, you literally can see it. If you, you, know, you generate a marketing campaign from within the software, you see who engages with it, you see who books for that experience, and you see what they spend. You literally, it's never been easier to see the return on that kind of investment. Let's talk about the experience from booking my dining online and then go from there through a whole evening. The demand for ease of access to venues has never been higher. I remember before we took online bookings, that the main concern that we had as a company that was that we would lose our personal touch. For us, that customer experience is it's a really important part of the journey for us before people um, come to our venue. So, but that is what people want. You know, we know that 70% of our customers who pre-book, book online which is, it's a huge amount. So you're already not talking to them. You're losing that personal touch. So we, the software has to be able to give us personal information in a kind of non-intrusive way. So it's about letting us know if it's your birthday or if it's, oh God forbid, a hen party or a stag party or, you know, if you're allergic to nuts and things like that. So you start straight away. It's a really simple process. It's, you know, everyone wants to do it on their phone, sitting on the bus, on the way to work. Right, where shall I go tonight? Click, 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 click. And you already start to give away, um, not give away seems a strange way of putting it, but you're already telling a venue a little bit about yourself, um, something a little bit personal. And we need to make sure that we use that information to enhance the experience when they arrive. And we, you know, we, we take it very seriously. You know, we, for the dining venues that we have, you know, there's a text message, but there's also a phone call as well. You know, we want to know if it's your wedding anniversary. We want to know if it's your wife's birthday. We want to know what their name is. And we want to make sure that there's a birthday card waiting for them on their table when they arrive. So there's a number of ways that, um, well, not a number, it's, you know, it's either over the phone, over an email, or mainly 70% of the time booking online. You've mentioned allergies. I just wanted to go on record as saying, I believe I'm allergic to personal birthday celebrations. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just, I wanted to go ahead. And that is obviously something that I could specify sure. within my online booking. You know, I find it interesting that in movies over the past 20, 30 years, we have seen an increase in the humanization of robots or computers, for example, to try and give them a personality to make that human-machine interaction seem more human, mm. human interaction and less human-machine interaction. And that seems to be 
the the best way to increase the adoption of these particular technologies. While there is less human interaction with online bookings, there are ways to create the UI and uh, to guide the interaction to actually make it feel as if you are talking to someone who knows you when literally what you're doing is you're talking to something that knows you. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a pretty smooth transition, I think. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, you're asking quite a lot of personal information for what is fundamentally going to eat somewhere that isn't your home. Um, But I think, you know, people have strong opinions about what they're prepared to give away in terms of their data. And then they're a larger party. And I certainly think a younger generation than me are pretty indifferent towards it. Everyone is getting quite used to information being out there. And I think, you know, as long as you harness it for good, then it it can only be used to enhance people's experiences of your product. Now, Alice, we have spent quite a bit of time talking about the Inception Group's um, interface and interaction with seven rooms. But the one thing we haven't done is we really haven't talked a lot about the Inception Group. So give me, if you would, the elevator uh, explanation of exactly just how uh, widespread and how impactful the Inception Group can be when working with, I'm assuming, an incredible number of other companies. I mean, Inception Group... (sighs) It's, you know, it's a really fun, it's still a relatively um, young company. It's really dynamic. Um, you know, we describe ourselves as an experiential hospitality group. So we are all about experience. We are not just a, a transactional-led um, business. We provide extraordinary things from making your own gin to a pizza class to a murder mystery event to singing karaoke with a live band. We do a lot of stuff and we do it all really well. And it's very, very different. Um, London is a fiercely competitive market. Um, and there's some really uh, sophisticated uh, customers out there with you know demanding taste. And you've got to meet it. All of our venues are theatrical I mean, I would go so far as to say most of them are a tiny bit camp as well. Um, but it's, you know, we when I started with the company what, six years ago, we had three venues and we literally had a little office above a restaurant in Battersea. Um, and now we have 12, uh, probably soon to be maybe 15 by the end of this year. Um, and, you know, we hold our head up high in the marketplace in London. We have a good reputation um, for being unique and special. But I think what makes us, uh, what sets us apart is, you know, one of the core values is it can't just be all the fluff. It can't just be fun. The food has to be good. The cocktails have to be excellent. You know, we're very highly regarded in terms of um, of the mixology that we have. You know, it can't just be, it can't just be a bit of fancy dress and and a bit of karaoke. The backbone of the business is still fundamentally excellent food and excellent drinks and that is what will keep people um, coming back to us again and again you know we're not just a one-off experience we have very loyal um, fans you know we kind of have fans to the brand you know we see it more and more as we've expanded the Mr. Fogg's estate um, that people love Mr. Fogg's as a brand and they'll you know they'll get involved and they'll go well I went to this one and I love this aspect of the house of botanicals but the train carriage and the society of exploration was amazing and and then I had afternoon tea in a gin parlor you know they kind of they they go across the group it's really lovely to see 
If you would be kind enough, the next time you hear of an event or are involved with an event that includes making your own gin, pizza, a murder <laughs> mystery, and karaoke, if you could send me an invite, I would be so honored. Sure. We, for us, that's just Friday night. That's just, you know, that's pretty standard behavior. Maybe even a Tuesday. Um, yeah. You know what? Maybe I need to reach out uh, to the website and see if you are hiring. Maybe that's my best way to get invited to those parties. But just come over to London, John. I promise we'll, we'll make sure you have a great time. Is it especially difficult to approach the level of intimacy and the special nature of dining when you are literally inviting someone, like an old uh, innkeeper, you're inviting someone into your home to be part of this transaction? Well, I, I, would, I would put it another way, Sean. I would say they are choosing you. It's not so much that you have been chosen. They're the ones who've made the choice. And that choice is a privilege. As a, as a restaurant, you know, anyone that books with you, they've done you the favor already. So I look at it the other way, they, the other way around somewhat. It's, you've been selected, so you have to make sure that you deliver something really special. And anyone who works in hospitality will tell you this. The ability to read a room matters more than anything. The ability to read your customer when they arrive can never be replaced. That human interaction of seeing someone walk through the door and thinking, you know, he looks like he's had a tough day. I'm going to give that guy some space. And, you know, he goes straight to the bar and orders a double. Or, you know, somebody walks in with a big smile and they're with their friends. And the, the ability to look around a room, know who needs your attention, know who wants something personalized, know who wants to have the the full experience that you can offer versus someone who doesn't is the most important thing. Sometimes people just want to sit at a bar and have a drink and and that's absolutely fine. So being able to gauge that, I don't think a piece of software will ever be able to do that. <laughs> so in our hypothetical situation, we've gotten to the end of the evening and it's actually been a really good experience for the guest. A lot of restaurants would consider that once the customer has paid the check and has left the restaurant, that's the end of the interaction. I know for a fact that guest follow-up is a huge, huge part of the overall experience. Huge. Absolutely. To be able to get a new customer, the amount that you spend on social media, you know, marketing uh, for a new customer costs something like five, pound, uh, five times more than it does to get a customer to come back. So once someone has chosen you, when you have that opportunity to, to engage them as a loyal, regular customer. Those are your best customers. Those are your advocates. Those are your ambassadors. Those are the ones that will, they will bring people to you, you know, effectively for, for no cost. So being able to re-engage with people after their visit is the most important thing. You just can't let people walk out of the door and hope that they might come back. And I mean, any business model like that is that is, you know, it's insane. Um, but, and being the ease with which we can engage people in a number of different ways post their visit. So whether it's asking for their feedback, which, which we do for every single reservation, whether it's sending them, you know, a trigger email a week after their visit, you know, we so enjoyed having you next time you come, you know, have a pizza on us. Um, to knowing when it's someone's birthday, we know it's your birthday coming, why don't you come and we'd love to celebrate with you. You know, all of those different ways that you can engage with people 
after a visit have never been more important. And it seems as if the technology is geared specifically to be simple on both sides of the table. The customer-facing side with uh, pleasing UI UX design and simplicity, color psychology, and all the things that go into Mm. creating a usable and personable app. On the other side, the the back-of-the-house experience has to be technologically robust, but if it's too complicated, it's just not going to be used. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the main reason why we chose uh, Seven Rooms is because it's designed for people who are using it during service. Now, I don't work on the floor in any of our venues. I have the luxury of being surrounded by a team, not 100 people who are on their third glass of Prosecco. You know, it cannot be a hindrance to providing the experience that you need to provide to the customer. It has to be easy. Otherwise, the people... You're absolutely right. There's so much to for people to deliver when they're working on the floor and they're customer facing and it's a crowded, noisy room and people people want something from you the entire time. If it is not easy for, for you know the troops on the ground to use, then you're right, they just won't use it. So that was you know, for us, you know, the the, the iPad, you know, the chip printers, all of the little bits of kit that are designed to make service uninterrupted by your reservation system was one of the main reasons why we chose seven rooms. I have a bit of experience in the food service uh, back in my college days, as I think quite a few college students do. Mm. And I can speak definitively when you have, and this is for all the waiters out there, when you have a five table station (laughs) and it's a Friday night at eight o'clock, a one minute delay. Yeah in the kitchen, a one minute delay near the bar trying to pick up your drinks can throw you in the weeds and it can take you the rest of the night to get out. You, it has to be smooth. As you mentioned, it has to be seamless. Exactly. I can't have a printer that doesn't work. I can't have a terminal that goes down when there are 12 other servers and we're all trying to weave this intricate dance between ordering and prepping and side work and serving it it has to be easy for us because if it's not no matter how hard we try that's going to spill over into the guest experience so that's absolutely rule one absolutely if it becomes any kind of hindrance to service then it's out it's as simple as that it'll be the first thing to go ultimately yeah you you go analog real quick in that situation Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I, I do have a, a question as we as we start to wrap up today, and it, this it makes me very sad because I'm enjoying uh, having this conversation with you. Have you had a specific dining experience in another country that has sort of informed the way you view dining? I mean, you know, there's a yeah, absolutely. There's a terrible cliche about American service. You know, we are, you know, I'm in the UK, we're based in London. And there's this fantastic, but, you know, piece of English snobbery about have a nice day and how can I help you? Um, and I've, you know, it's one of those things, English people can be you know, a bit reticent to, to engage on that level of friendliness. But I absolutely love it. I remember the first time going to America as an adult, being completely won over. And I wish that we could repl- replicate that level of engagement and charm um, over here. And I think the Europeans are not um, not as enthusiastic about um, creating 
and that kind of bond with people and when they arrive in a in a restaurant and i i mean you know some brits or europeans would say it's super cheesy yeah i love it i wish everyone did it over here as well you know what's interesting is i grew up in the in the southern united states and the mythological southern hospitality it's real absolutely on my trips to london and i lived in barcelona for a few years on my trips over there, I was just enthralled with the romantic nature of dining uh-huh. in those countries. And so I think it's the the newness. I think it's the difference in the dining experiences that makes the other seem, oh, this is kind of fancy, or oh, this is really nice, or in coming, as you mentioned, from uh, Europe to the United States, you think, well, they are so nice. Yeah, I totally buy into it. I don't care if it's fake. It makes me feel fantastic. I can't imagine anyone was ever fake polite to you. <laughs> How you'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would be surprised, and I want to have a word with them. So if you just send me their names, Thank anyone you. who was ever fake polite to you, I'll have a word with them, and oh, we'll, no. we'll sort that out. I've got, I've got a large team. I could send any of them your way. Don't worry. <laughs> I, you know what? I've got some free time. It's the summer, so that's a project I'm willing to take on. Today, I have had the distinct pleasure of having a conversation with the head of reservations and membership at the Inception Group, Alice Wilson. Alice, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. Not at all. It's been my absolute pleasure. 